take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. It's Monday, May the 22nd. We did our live stream and we, I think it went well, except for a couple of technical glitches. So we wanted to give you just a live read here heading into the audio podcast. I have Steve Friend with me, a fellow suspendable, fresh off his testimony to Congress. Steve, thanks for joining me, buddy. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So Steve ran the board for our interview of Ryan Hartwig, which you're going to hear shortly. First, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, including... Catholic Vote. Catholic Vote is a Catholic advocacy group, but they really focus on issues that should affect all Christians. They're interested in promoting faith, family, and freedom. All of those are probably likely interesting to you. They also keep track of pro-life issues, the uh, political positions of those that are on and against the side of freedom, faith, and family. And you can sign up for their email chain, which is known as The Loop or the Loopcast, you can go on their website, catholicvote.org, very easy, C-A-T-H-L-I-C-V-O-T-E, catholicvote.org, and put your email in there. You'll get a free email subscription. It will just keep you up to the uh, the issues of the day. Worth your time and a sustaining sponsor of the Kyle Serafin Show. If you like what we talk about, you'll enjoy what they have to do, too. They have a very professional layout, and uh, they have a, a weekly podcast that comes out called The Loopcast. Also a good one, and I've been on it as well. Um, folks, we want to make sure that we keep our sponsors supported because they are keeping the lights on for us, uh, as well as our friendly guests. This uh, guest, Ryan Hartwig, was a author, and he was a Facebook whistleblower with Project Veritas. He wrote the book, Behind the Mask of Facebook. You can find that on Amazon, and the link is in our show descriptions. So enjoy the uh, interview there. You'll hear some of Steve's piping in on the side in the background. And uh, we'll catch you at the end of it as well. So I have a special guest with me. We are live on location right now at the in the Woodlands in Houston, Texas. As I told you, we we're going to be on the road. I've actually got Steve producing and running the board. So if anything goes wrong, it's 100% his fault. But we're not going to hold him accountable because he's new to all this stuff. And my guest today is Ryan Hartwig. He and I met at AmFest, which was a uh, festival that happened in Phoenix. I was on stage with a lot of Project Veritas whistleblowers. We got a few minutes to connect. We kind of exchanged information, but Ryan and I didn't really spend any time talking. Actually, I think he connected with my wife, and she was like, he's got a new baby. He's a really nice guy. Um, his story, I think, is going to be very interesting to you. I have a bunch of questions about it, and I deliberately told him, don't tell me the things I don't know yet, because I actually want to know what they are, and I'm going to share it with you all. So, uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Let's uh, let's start very, very simply. First of all, okay. where did you grow up? Where are you from? Yeah. Kind of what's your backstory? How in the world did you end up at Facebook where you decided to blow the whistle? Yeah, so uh, yeah. So thanks for having me on, Kyle, and uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, so I grew up in Mesa, Arizona. Okay. And I grew up uh, there, yep. And I went to high school, graduated high school, was planning on becoming a pharmacist. I uh, spent a couple of years. You were going to be a pharmacist. Yeah, that was my plan initially, to become a pharmacist. You got big, big, sideways, big buddy. Pharma. Yeah. <laughs> now here I'm exposing another, probably one of the worst, other big evils, uh, Facebook. Um, but yeah, so then I, I kind of saw like, you know, I went to college for, for that. And I, I took a, a brief hiatus for a couple of years. I spent some time volunteering for a, 
a Christian nonprofit in, in Mexico City mm-hmm. um, and teaching people about religion and Jesus. And so I did that for, for a couple of years. I came back, um, took forever to finish my bachelor's degree. This happens. Changed majors a couple of times. Finally ended up with a degree in Spanish. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, I've always been involved in like, act. I feel like I've been involved in activism, like pro-life groups in college. And I've always been interested in politics. But how I got to Facebook was kind of weird. So like, so 2015, I graduated from college after like 10 years after. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me. I did it in five, <laughs> which was still kind of a, a shock to me. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I still here? I had to be intense. Yeah, no, it's like. Yeah, Plus in Arizona, it's always nice out. There's always something better to do than go to class or do any work. <laughs> you could always be doing something else. Yeah, college, I don't know, man. College is debatable whether college is even worth worth, worth your time in it to begin with. 100%. Um, but yeah, so I was like a super, super senior. Um, yeah, so I graduated college. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I picked, I, I grabbed some jobs, like low-hanging fruit. I worked for I worked for the Vanguard group, actually. Interesting. And that's in the news now. Like Everyone's like, BlackRock, Vanguard, evil. I'm like... Okay, they used to be the place where you could put your money and get a guaranteed return and you didn't have to worry about it. I knew a lot of people that had Vanguard accounts yeah. um, in the early 2000s and they were kind of on the edge of, I guess they were they were probably already well established, but I knew people that was like the safe bet. You just kind of tossed your money there. Yeah. And it's, I think it's still a good, I mean, as far as investments go, I think they're still smart. I worked there for nine months processing checks as a contractor. Sure. So I would see these accounts where, you know, and the people that kept their money in after the recession, like they still, they were still, they were making good money. Like they came back for them. I don't know how it is now, but yeah, so I worked there first in, and then I worked uh, for like in call centers a little bit. So prior, right prior to getting the job working for Facebook, I was working security. I was working security at this furniture store and these guys came in the store and I'm like, Hey, what do you guys do? Like, oh, we can't tell you who we work for. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what do you do? He's like, oh, we review stuff online for a big social media website. And I'm like, okay, where, where's that? They're like, oh, it's across the street. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll apply. So I applied and I got this job as a bilingual social media content moderator. That, so one of the things that I always was kind of curious about, cause you kind mm-hmm. of seem like a tech type guy, you kind of, maybe it's just the glasses, maybe you just <laughs> adopted the, the visual of it. Yeah. But um, my, curios- my curiosity was always, you know, what was your specific background? And that explains exactly what the story is. So mm-hmm. you speak Spanish fluently. Right. Read, you, write, speak. Yep. Um, and you and you have a Spanish-speaking wife. Yeah. We don't have to get too detailed about that. We'll keep your privacy and your family. Thanks. Um, but being able to do that was the door in. And in a lot of ways, that's how people get hired in the government, too. I don't know if you know that. But there's a lot of government jobs where being bilingual is the qualification. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think that's a qualification. Does that sound right, Steve? You could be a... If you... If you speak Spanish, you could be hired by the FBI specifically on a language track. Yeah, you have to pass a series of tests, but it's not to really... be able to prove your competency in yeah. the language. Yep, especially in Spanish. That makes sense. But anyway, so that so that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. there are opportunities, and that that was one of the opportunities you capitalized on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go in. What was the application looking like? What were they? Why were they so secretive? Do you know? Yeah. So I mean, there's NDA. So like when I applied initially, they didn't tell me who it was, what company it was. But they say it's a big social media web's company. So I went, I prepared for the interview. I actually looked up, it's funny, I looked up, I think, I think the FBI has a list of like internet acronyms. Okay. Like OMG is the most simple one, of course, but there's like some really weird acronyms. So like I, I studied for the interview and they actually did a cognitive test where mm-hmm. they had you took, take an exam, like a mini SAT. Okay. Kind of. Um, and then the, they had, then they did a joint interview where they said, hey, you're going to be reviewing graphic content. Okay. They gave you some samples of what you would see, like, you know, anime, porn, or like, hentai, 
or just like just yeah gross stuff and they're like oh are you okay with that I'm like well i'm like is there any, any way to avoid seeing that stuff there's like no you can't skip it you have to yeah so that was the interview process and it was we were it was with cognizant so cognizant was the third-party company a huge technology company that had this contract with facebook so that was the the kind of the onboarding process um but it was all it was funny because it's all like young people like i was i think i was like uh let's see I was in my wait, late twenties, early, yeah, late twenties, and I was like the oldest person there. Right, I know what that feels people, like. Yeah, I did that in basic training. So well, I guess that's kind of interesting to note that the business model, particularly in this case, the censorship is not done directly by Facebook. It was actually done by this third party. A lot of the intelligence community outsources some of their dirty work, which is not necessarily dirty. It just turns out to be dirty. It doesn't have to be dirty, right? Like that. Getting rid of hentai porn, getting rid of child pornography images, getting rid of explicit content that are not appropriate for the type of venue, th- that actually makes sense. That's kind of why they have the ability to do that. They can, if they want to keep their brand a certain way, they can get rid of some of this stuff. Obviously, it didn't stay that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that so, was the original pitch that it was. It was like, look, you're going to be the guy that filters the garbage so that other people don't see it in their feed if they have a mom's group or something. Yeah, and it makes sense. It's like, you know, no one wants to be on online or on Facebook, you know, and see the, out of nowhere just like yeah, they're random scrolling through at work or you know? something and, yeah. and then they get some horrible like cartoon porn. Right. So Which I, I have seen some of that pop up in the world and it's bizarre. I don't know why people get into that, but teach their own. It's yeah, and I learned too much I wait I learned way too much more about that stuff than I wanted to know about like furries and and <laughs> and, and then cr- cr- there's something called crushing, which is horrible. Crushing to, is yeah heavy you, heavy people getting on top of others is that what well, you're talking about? Well, crushing. Well, I think the one one scenario is like basically torturing animals. So women wearing high heels killing animals. Basically. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, so I knew women would yeah. like stomp on guys. I know some guys are into that sort of thing. Yeah. I have a weird uh, experience with that. My my um, partner, my my roommate when I was in college, I'm <laughs> um, not in college in the, at the FBI Academy actually used to do child pornography, what they call the innocent image project. So he would filter yeah. that. He was an analyst that did all that work. And he's like the most, mellow. he's a lot like you. He's super mellow. He's a really, really nice guy. Yeah. He's the, the last person in the world that would ever go looking for anything like that. Yeah. And he's a very wholesome human being. And then that was his gig, you know, eight to 10 hours a day, was just going through the worst of the worst. Uh, and uh, you can imagine the FBI goes looking for it. It's not like where it's accidental contact yeah. on Facebook, although I'm sure there's plenty of it. But it seems like some people who have a good religious background, who have a really good, firm faith, tend to be the people that can handle this sort of thing. I don't know if it's just because, you, you know, you're imbued with strength because it needs to be done. But somebody's got to make sure that smut stays out of regular people's feet because most people can't handle this stuff. Yeah, no, and I, I, and, um, I dealt with that stuff. So CEI is child exploitative imagery. So that came into our cues occasionally. Luckily, I didn't see or come across it very often. Okay. I talked to some of my coworkers who came across it a little more often, but like it was kind of a mixed cue. So the, well, that, I don't know if that made it worse or not. Cause like, you know, one minute, one when I'm looking at it, uh, it's, it's a post one at a time. So I get it one thing at a time on my screen. Mm-hmm. So like one minute I'm seeing this, this funny meme about the Boston marathon bombing, or maybe an inappropriate meme, like that I might delete. <laughs> and then the next moment I click through it. Okay. Delete. And then the next moment, boom, fl- you know, CEI, you know, child porn pops up on your screen. So like, I don't know. Like, there's no prep for it. Yeah, there's no prep for it. It's not like you're going to be. Yeah, it's kind of a shock. So we, you know, we had counselors on site, and okay. that's something that I talked about in my in my book, uh, behind the mask of Facebook, is uh, you know our counselors. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll give them credit where credit's due. 
I could go to the counselor anytime. They were on site. I could talk to them. We had a counseling line. But unfortunately, I just think that most, you know, early 20-year-olds aren't ready for that kind of stuff. No, there's a certain maturity you have to have to be able to process, to even know that you need to talk to somebody about something. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's why, I think that's why a lot of cops that start very young have some issues when they see certain things in the streets because they don't, they haven't built up the mechanism to handle it. It's why young guys who go to war come back and they're really troubled. You know, they signed up with one idea. It turns out to look very differently when they're in the field. They actually see what that, you know, the, the evil of war, the evil of what human beings could do. And then you're, and then where are you? You're a person that hasn't been able to develop with what is normal. That becomes part of your normal. And I'm yeah. sure that's probably pretty crushing. So you were, in some ways, you were probably lucky that you uh, spent five years extra in college or six years extra in college. Uh, I feel like there is a plan for a lot of this stuff (laughs) that we don't understand until well after. Yeah. So interestingly enough, you, your people, I think would probably be very interested and they can find more about this in your book, obviously about Mm -hmm. uh, how it looked, what it looked like on a day-to-day basis. Yes. They can find out about what your, what the censorship mechanism looks like mechanically. Right. And and there's, there's different mechanisms that you use. So like. The funny thing is, like, you know, the people like, okay, yeah, I want to keep the internet clean, which, or, you know, Facebook clean. So as a brand, yeah, Facebook's going to protect, protect their image. But they've, they've gone so far beyond that. And it's kind of hilarious because, you know, what? right after I started working, like the month after I started working, March of 2018, uh, Zuckerberg testified in Congress. So he's essentially my boss. I mean, and he, 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 he you know, he testified, and I'll just read my notes here. By all means. Um, he said, "This is hilarious, especially with what we know with what we know now about." Um, okay, so say the time frame again. This is this is April of 2018. Okay, so think about that time as far as okay, this is, you know, as far this as we know about Trump's term. Yeah, this is in the middle of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Everyone's freaking out. Mm-hmm. We've got. Um, we now have a lot more information since the Durham report's been released, so we kind of know that that was all ginned up, which many of us knew for a long time was. Yeah, but so be it. Um, but it's now, now, now MSNBC has to actually acknowledge it kind of thing. Yeah. And he's testifying in front of Congress. Do you know what committee he was in front of? Does it, um, I, I know you brought notes. So I'm, um, folks, yeah. he's going to be referring to notes because Ryan is a technically accurate kind of guy. He's not a fly by the seat of his pants kind of person the way that I am. Many of you will see that I just wing it. In fact, I'll take an interesting aside since Steve's sitting here. Uh, before we started taping this, Steve and I were talking about half the time we get these interview questions and somebody says something like, you know, here's this thing. What do you think? And while they're asking the question, we'll actively be like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. We have no idea. But the visual that I have in my brain, you know, when Magneto, this is the, uh, the villain from the, uh, from the X-Men movies, he's walking into like a dark room or an abyss or this big open space. And as he walks down, he's got like metal that's like assembling a bridge in front of him in real time. That's how my words come together. Like I have no idea where this bridge is going to go. There's, there's no way to guess what it's going to do. Speaking of notes and preparation, so you were just on the Tim Pool show, and I was on the Tim Pool show in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I studied like all day on the plane right over there, my notes. And I showed up on the, in his, at his studio, and I plopped all my notes on the desk in front of me. And he's like, oh, you don't need those. And I'm like, okay. But so, you I might. Put, so I put them away, but, and, I, and I, had, I studied enough to, to do well and and mention everything, but some people have that more of like audio memory. I'm more of like the visual, yeah. like written. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna Anyways, we're gonna yeah. dial back. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, that was uh, my my cat chasing brain. Um, Squirrel. Squirrel. We've, exactly <laughs> correct. So we've got Zuckerberg, 2018, yeah, April of 2018, sitting in front of Congress. Yeah. And, all right, and then you're gonna refer so, to some notes. So, so go yeah, ahead. April of 2018. So he testified. He said, um, "One of my greatest regrets in running the company 
is that we were slow in identifying the Russian information operations in 2016. So he's referencing the 2016 uh, election. Right. And that's something that my coworkers told me is they're like, like one of them went to the headquarters in Ireland. They're like, oh yeah, you know, the reason why they're bringing all the jobs after in, so we started in 20, well, our company got the contract in 2017. So they're like, oh yeah, one of the reasons they brought all the workers to the U.S. for content moderation, because it was overseas, is because of the Russian influence in the 2016 election. Got it. Which we know yeah. was not nearly what they said. Were you yeah. following the Twitter files at all when they were being released? I was following a lot of them. A lot of them is yeah. And I ha- and so obviously Twitter, different company, um, and and different mechanism, but similar culture. I think in a lot of ways, the big tech culture is you know whether you're talking about Apple or Google or Facebook, the sort of Silicon Valley groups. Yeah. They we've got to assume that they were all doing some sort of version of what they were doing on the Twitter files that Taibbi yeah. and Schellenberger and. Um, the, the, you know, the rest of them exposed. I don't want yeah. to leave anybody's name out. Lee Fang and who else was there? Barry Weiss. Am I missing anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Steve's, Steve's thinking. If we think of them, we'll, we'll, we'll mention them. We want to give credit where it's due. He said Taibbi. Uh, Schellenberger? Said. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In any case, so these, these uh, journalists were exposing it. And obviously, we hadn't seen the Facebook piece yet. So in light of that, this is somewhat comical. Yeah. That, that they were basically bringing all the... And it had to be more expensive, too, to bring them to the U.S. Oh, yeah. It's very expensive. And I mean, the, the contract that Facebook had with Cognizant mm-hmm. was a three-year, $200 million contract. Okay. And so, million. And we had about... At our site in Phoenix, uh, we had about, uh, I'd say, upwards of... We, we, we you know rapidly hired people, but we had about 1,500 people. Okay, and then you know, Congre- uh, Zuckerberg has mentioned he's you know, they spend about ten billion dollars a year on content moderation, so that yeah, that's a lot of money. And, that's a ton uh, of money. Yeah, and and there's no, I guess the marketability is that you keep your product from being degraded, but it's not like that's something that you you can monetize. In fact, it's you're throttling something that might be monetized in some ways. Right. Right. Wild. Okay. Yeah. So he was concerned about that. Um, what were the guidelines that you were getting? Did they, you know, obviously they must have changed at some point. We went from, you're looking for hentai porn and crushing animals to death, which sounds horrific, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it obviously so started, she, there's mission creep, like so many yeah. other places where people start going like, well, if we're dealing with this, somehow you end up with memes that are, you know, that are going to be favorable to Donald Trump. Or I, I can just imagine you go, you know, how weird it must have been. My brother sent me this meme one time. And it's the Twin Towers. Yeah. Right? And this is when there's the, the smoke coming out of the, yeah. the building. So one of them, you know, it's the first tower that's hit. And there's smoke coming out of it. And someone has done like a, uh, a, a tint to the smoke. And it's pink. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the caption was, these gender reveal parties are really getting out of hand. So that... Which, which yeah, you've know, probably I seen know, that I know one. I analyzed this meme with you in a second. But yeah, okay. so, so that's the meme, right? So right. two towers... Pink smoke. Yep. This gender reveal. That's, that's actually pretty funny. It's funny, but it's dark. And, <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's dark, it's, yeah. and then it's he sent it to me, and it was it was twenty years. It was in twenty twenty one, probably. Yeah. So it's twenty years post nine eleven, which some people never got over nine eleven, and some people forgot about it immediately. And there are people that are, you know, earning a living right now that that might be watching our show, yeah. and and they weren't even born when that happened, or they certainly right. don't remember it uh, cognitively. But he sent it to me, and then he wrote to me afterwards, too soon? Question mark. Which every level of that is dark and, and screwed up. That's how that's how the kind of the family members I have. Smart, weird, quirky, kind of dialed in. Yeah. And too soon. So okay. So you we'll we'll so analyze the meme. We'll analyze the meme. Let's so say that pops that, up. That in was there. their job. So imagine imagine your job is you're like I I feel like I was a paralegal. Imagine you're like you're an attorney, 
and they already wrote this their policy they have these different policy manuals like over 30,000 words where okay I look at the meme and I think okay this is going to fall under maybe a couple of policies so the main policy would be cruel and insensitive okay cruel and insensitive so under that policy um, there's different numbers so and I have to justify my decision on each meme that I delete okay and, and you're going to rank this on a scale essentially I'm going to either decide to, so th- with this one, there's, I can market, I can market as cruel and insensitive that'll kind of limit the reach Okay. or I can delete it completely or I can leave it. Okay. It. So, um, on this one, I'm going to say, okay, you're looking at an event from 20 years ago, uh, and you're mocking people who died because yeah. we know people died during nine 11. Right. And so if, if I can, if I can see the people in the imagery of the meme, if you had like a if you photoshopped in one of the people who actually died, okay, then that changes things. That means I would normally just delete it completely. Okay. Or, uh, but if I'm just uh, if I if I'm just referencing it like with words, then we would just mark it and limit the reach. Um, how how limited would that go? How, like, what is the mechanism that would that would stifle it? Is it just to your immediate circle? Is it the people that had to go? Do they have to search for it? So that that one that I, we didn't control. I didn't see the metrics and how they how they lim- limited it. We okay. would just mark it that way because that's what the Facebook told us to do. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure on the details of that. Um, but but yeah, but if it was a if was if it, the thing the funny thing is like so there's a, a rapper named Temptation who got murdered in Florida. Okay. Um, XX. Uh, am, am I referencing the right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's a rapper. We're, maybe that, maybe we're that looking just... to see if Steve knows about rappers in Florida. He lives <laughs> yeah, I'm in Florida. Not familiar with the hip hop community in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, I could be wrong with the name, guys. Correct me. But there was a rapper who got murdered in his car, um, and there were memes about it. Okay. And it turns out this guy was had a criminal record. Okay. And there's a little caveat within policy saying we we allow the meme if they're a criminal. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So Kobe Bryant, you can make memes. You couldn't make make memes about his helicopter crash because he was not a criminal, even though he was. Well, we won't go into that. That's another tangent. Noted. But, but, uh, but yeah, if they're a convicted criminal, then you can make fun of them. Um, so, so that, anyways, that's a, the cruel and insensitive policy. So that's an example of how um, we would really analyze the. <laughs> The, the memes. So so there's there's political uh, memes I, as well. Go I ahead. I see this all day. So is it is that just limited to memes? What if somebody put a, a post like if I just posted a, a dark joke in text form? It applies the, to that as well. It applies to textual, not just not just imagery. So it, so image it can be imagery or, or wording that's mocking a live event. So if I said, hey, you know the Boston Marathon bombing was really, I had a fo- uh, I'm trying to think of some. Like play of play of words, you know. Um, I got a joke for you. Okay. All right. Very dark joke, but okay. what's the only part of a vegetable that you can't eat? The wheelchair. <laughs> only vegetable. What's the only? The, wait, say it again. What's the only part of a vegetable that you can't eat? The wheelchair. <laughs> okay. So. All right. All right. So as a, as an example. That's making fun of or being cruel or insensitive towards people who are handicapped, yeah, mentally yeah. handicapped, whatever you want to call it. They're sitting yeah. in a wheelchair. Um, vegetative state. Yeah. So what does that look like on a censorship level? Is that going to be reach limited or do you... So, so the, to be honest... And did most, that change out of curiosity? Yeah, that, so most of the policies didn't have that limiting reach option to mark as. Okay. That was more of like... that. We did that for imagery mark as sensitive or mark as cruel. So if there was imagery of like... Uh, a childbirth, for example, that showed a female genitalia. Got it. We would mark it as sensitive, so people could still view it, but they'd have to click through. Okay. So um, I hate that, by the way. I just like 
I don't know. I'm a grown up. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody likes to click through to have to like, and it always makes you want to click through it more because you're like, oh my gosh, they're not going to show it to was, me. Was that ever discussed out of curiosity? Because I feel like if you put something as marked as sensitive and you blur it out to me, I'm going to find out what it is. And usually I'm disappointed that it's not that interesting. Usually it's some lame meme that somebody pushed through that I don't even, you know, I'm like, what kind of a, what kind of a wimp was marking this to be sensitive? Like how gentle would your feelings have to be? Yeah. And I imagine that must have changed. But did they actually ever discuss the fact that when you try to put a blur, a sensitive content warning, that it actually boosts the signal? We didn't. Uh, so we didn't. Uh, I didn't have discussions about that, maybe at a higher level. But I did have discussions with my manager with, for Cognizant, who he interfaced with Facebook a lot. Okay. We talked about Boogaloo, because Boogaloo love, was trending, that it. phrase. And then we talked about um, cops, attacks on cops. So one thing that did change during that time frame is that, you know, okay, here's another thing. Let's, let's imagine a meme or just a, it's a photo. Let's say I post a photo on Facebook and it says, um, and it has a picture of a cop. So I take a picture of a cop on the street okay. and I say, that cop is a pig. Got it. Okay. So now this is a, a private individual, Yep. right? And so you're, you're calling this private individual a pig. Mm -hmm. So if I take a picture of a, a civilian, I post a picture of this random person, this person's a pig, that falls under the bullying policy comparison to animal. So bullying, bullying policy comparison yeah. to animal. Yeah. This is definitely written by lawyers. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. And then I think there's a yeah. lot behind this curtain that people have no idea on how minute, but that makes sense. Lawyers have to get down to the, the granular details. So yeah. that checks. Okay. Bullying comparison to animal, but cops have a special category. So they changed it. So when, when I first started there in 2018, yeah, we would delete it because you know, cops are still private. That person is still a private individual. Yes. But then, um, you know, Facebook changed the rules and they said, you know, we're not, we're going to make an exception and the justice, we're going to say that's, that's allowed now to attack cops and call them pigs. Lovely. So, so, and the justification for that was because of how the term is used in the market or some, some bullshit, uh, justification. So that's one of many examples where they, you know, I, I saw this trend and that's when I started like documenting, like I'd been there about a year Let's see, March 20, sorry, March 2018. I reached out to Project Veritas in like May of 2020. Uh, no, I'm sorry, sorry, May of 2019, May of 2019. Okay. And so I just noticed, noticed this trend that, or, you know, there was political content. They want to look for the word boogaloo. Or Tell they, people what that is. I, I know what it is. I'm pretty okay. confident Steve does as well. But share people, like, not everybody is paying attention to all this stuff. And there's so much, there's so many triggering ideas to leftists because they want to censor speech, I guess, that things that make no difference, like tell them what Boogaloo is. <laughs> so Boogaloo is like, so, I mean, the original word I think is this, if you look it up on Urban Dictionary, which um, Boogaloo is kind of, it's like a dance, but Boogaloo in the, in the modern sense, the word there's different meanings, um, is like refers to civil war. Uh, that, was, that was my understanding of it. So the hashtag Boogaloo, you'd see a lot of people with these Hawaiian t-shirts who uh, like the Boogaloo Boys? Who would basically advocating for you know, the Second Amendment, um, advocating for that—that's kind of sort of a generally anti-government type position. Yeah. So yeah. The, the name actually comes the way that they did it was uh, the, the Boogaloo Boys. They took the name from a '70s movie called Electric Boogaloo Two. Okay. Is that no? It was called some Electric Slide. I think uh, the Boogaloo, the Electric Boogaloo, something like that. I'm gonna have to get this right, folks. Correct it in the <laughs> comments. I know you guys are watching on the live chat. Make it happen. Um, 
the it was a 70s movie it was about a dance party and that basically became the the idea of the boogaloo the big boogaloo was like the dance that we would do which was the civil war so you're 100 percent correct as far as the reference but it's a movie reference initially and it was a dance okay and then these guys kind of adopted it and then they would start talking around it and then they knew they were getting censored so they were using other things like things that sounded like boogaloo like yeah. the big eskimo or the big igloo rather so Boogaloo, Big Igloo. My buddy will always ask me these questions because he's a he's an FBI agent and uh, he's a troll. Like he's my favorite kind of person. So he's always like, "Hey man, like when the igloo kicks off, are we gonna you know where are we going? You're like you come here, like we go in there." Yeah. So there's a whole culture built up of kind of talk around the censorship. Yeah. And a lot of it's because they knew that they, those things had trended, uh, had right. had been trending, and then they had been censored actively. They knew that they weren't getting the reach they were previously. Mm-hmm. So the hashtag Boogaloo. So, and the Boogaloo boys, who are by all rights, like I don't know if they're idiots or not. I, like <laughs> to me, they kind of just seem dim. Yeah, yeah. They're Hawaiian shirt wearing with tactical gear. All that seems silly. That's yeah. cosplay stuff. But it was making people upset. And well, so, and that you, became yeah, a cognizant about it. So, like my supervisor knew that I was conservative. His name was Sean Browder. Like I, I, you know, eventually ended up filming him with a hidden camera, and he's. Didn't like that. Um, what was were his politics different than yours? He were they very, neutral? He was he was very leftist. Okay. Well, I, I, he was a Bernie supporter. So that's leftist as far as I get. And uh, so he, I brought it up to him. He's, he's I'm like, hey, I'm seeing this trend of like, they're talking about Boogaloo and Civil War. He and he's like, oh, you know, this is really good. Like Facebook is really interested, keen to know what's what's going on, what's trending with that. So why you know why this keen interest in politics? Why, why the hell do you care? If you're okay, as long as you keep the porn off your site, like why do you, why do you care? And so we had other explicit instructions. I have screenshots where they're saying we need urgent visibility into the democratic debates. I'm like, okay, why do you care about politics so much? Or the Ukraine whistleblower. Um, what's gosh, what's his name? The guy who caused the impeachment of uh, Eric Charamella. Charamella, Eric Charamella. Not to be confused with the donut eating Vinman who. <laughs> More than happy. I think Steve would love to uh, challenge him to a foot race. I'll get into a headbutting competition. Whatever. Not a big fan of that guy. But the the so-called whistleblower who was upset about a phone call, that needed to be pushed and amplified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're, no, if you're, okay, if you're a Republican and you want to do a talking point, you're going to mention his name, right? Because the left didn't want his name to be mentioned, maybe mentioned. Right. Well, guess who didn't also want his face? I mean, he did, guess who didn't was Sorry, guys. A little bit tired. A little bit short on sleep here. He told me he had five hours of sleep, and he was like, I'm sure that's your normal. And I was like, tragically enough, that is my normal. I function on five hours. Whatever, Whenever you guys see me, it's because I've been had five hours of sleep. I think I had eight last night, so I feel like borderline that's, superhero. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> I could slow down. I actually get faster the more tired I get. So so guess who, guess who else did not want CRML's name to be mentioned? I Facebook. Imagine, right. So Facebook, and I escalated this because I saw his name being mentioned and, and I, I'm like, okay. So they we, asked you to tag posts with his name. They, yeah, they, no, they told us to delete any mention of his name. Whoa. And I ra- raised it up. I'm like, why are we deleting this? They're like, oh, it's under this policy and recording harm. I'm like, but it doesn't What's fit What's the there. policy called? They, they, well, they initially coordinating, coordinating harm. Coordinating harm. Yeah, coordinating okay. harm. And that covers um, like a lot of, well. This is a doxing, an anti-doxing type thing? or um, So it's, that's the thing. So initially, it's weird because initially they're like, oh, delete it under p- privacy. Because he's like law enforcement. I'm like, no, he's, he's not law enforcement. Mm-mm. So then they're like, they change. They're like, okay, let's change it to just this generic coordinating harm. So if they don't, if there's not a bucket, coordinating harm under that is like election fraud. Um, doc, doxing, <laughs> I think, would be under coordinating okay, harm. Okay, yeah, I could see doxing. Or a bullying. Um, 
coordinating harm also is like violence or, or you know, if you're hacking or someone. Calling for cyber attacks or yeah. what, still. So, so they put in this generic policy. And the, the hilarious thing is, you know who also who looks like Eric Chimarella? I guess Alex Soros does. Love so it. So I, I raised this up. Hey, we're dealing this guy under, they think he's Alex. They think uh, Chimarella is Alex Soros. And so I had, I'd have these pictures where people were like, see, look, this is Eric Chimarella. He's the Ukraine whistleblower. He's trying to get These are people that are putting together their own research, which is garbage. Yeah, so conservatives are posting like, hey, look, yeah. this, is, this is Eric Chimarella. And they post a picture of Alex Soros. And I'm like, I told my supervisor, Sean, I'm like, Sean, like, that's not Chimarella. That's Soros. Do we still delete it? Yeah, still delete it. Because they, his name they think he's Chimarella. So no mention of him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's just so crazy that they would just totally... So, and, and that yeah. means they were legitimately, and that was the same things we heard Adam Schiff saying, nobody can mention his name. They were trying, they were yelling out in the middle of hearings and stopping people from finishing sentences they thought was going to say his name. Yeah. He turned into Voldemort for some reason where you couldn't mention his name. It was too fearful. And then mm-hmm. Facebook is marching out the same exact orders, 100% Democrat run talking points and agenda. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, are you recording? Are you doing the so, videos? Or so that, is that, that what drove point, you there? That was probably, when was that? That was 2018, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so at that point, I wasn't, I wasn't recording. So a lot of the stuff, like I had the, we had our internal Facebook workplace that would look kind of like Facebook that we had to, we used to court communicate. So when I started filming. Was heavily, this on Slack or something else? Um, it was their own like internal thing. It, just, their yeah, version it, of it. It's just called Facebook workplace. Got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started when I started filming in like 2019, you know, summer of 2019, and heavily in that fall. Then I went back and documented all these conversations and instructions. Oh, another fun tip is to to continue working there. When I first started, we're like, you know, we we were working, and then they're like, oh, by the way, to continue working, you guys need to link your personal Facebook account at work. Like you have to log in and link it. And they're like, guess what the rationale was. They go, we don't want you accidentally deleting your friends' comments and posts. I'm like, what are the odds that I, out of the, all the, the internet posts in the world that I'm going to run across like the, my friends? The millions like, per day of things that are uploaded <laughs> that you're going to have to accidentally have some conflict of interest situation. Yeah. is so It's astronomically low, and they have to know that. Yeah. So this was a control mechanism to be able to monitor what you're about. Yeah, and some people were like, I don't have a Facebook account. They're like, well, you have to create one then. I like that. I would do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, the legend. So one of the funny stories, I, I hadn't been on Facebook in a very long time. I had one when I was in college, I want to say. Yeah. And, uh, and I always hated social media. Unfortunately, it's part of my life now. So those of you who follow me on social media, you know, I do so reluctantly. Um, <laughs> this is one of the big, big, silly things that happened when I joined the Bureau. I had no, I had no social media. I actually turned it off before I joined the military, knowing that I would have certain types of trainings, possibly sensitive work. The possibility of that existed. It was very fun when I went to see her school and they couldn't find a Facebook page on me. Uh, I guess they weren't very good researchers. <laughs> so they got nothing. But when I joined the FBI, the last thing that happened, and I was slowly winnowing my circle down of friends. You know, you have your friends a circle. And I got down to about under 100. I had 94 or something. And then my last message was like, you guys all know who I am. Everyone on this thing that's you know still on my friend list have my phone number. So I'm done with this. I'm going to delete it. So mm-hmm. I did. I deleted the Facebook page. And the last thing that I saw come through there was my younger brother, who was a total turd, and he said, in honor of Kyle leaving Facebook, I am going to launch a fan page known as The Legend of Kyle Serafin. But when you didn't, but it was a closed page. You had to be like one of my friends. He invited people that from that circle of 90-something. Yeah. And then he spent all of his 
not very much time at all. He did these face, uh, what do you call photoshoppings of me. You know, I'd be at like a shooting range, so I have a pistol and I'd be out shooting and then he would Photoshop me like in the middle of a rainforest shooting a panda in the face. <laughs> and then underneath it would say like endangered species, my ass and like other uh, like stupidity, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like SEAL Team 6 listens to me and I'm like, you know, standing here like this at a wedding and he like Photoshops me on the deck of a carrier with like a naval amphibious assault team coming up behind me and I'm wearing like wedding clothes. Just stupid. <laughs> there was one of them me swinging on a jungle vine in Hawaii and like a pair of shorts and like a white beater. And... And he, and he photoshops me hanging off a black hawk, like going through an explosion. It's just, it was dumb. Yeah. It was the dumbest. And it was very obviously really badly photoshopped. Pixelation, you know, not, no, no shadow matching, nothing. It was just all trash. Yeah. So he puts this up. He did that in 2000, I don't know, six, something like that. I joined the Bureau in 2016. Ten years later, I have no recollection of this. My first day on the squad, they pulled up that thing. And they're like, so... You got something to say to us? The legend? And I was like, why do you guys keep calling me the legend? That's really weird. And they're like, whatever you say, legend. You know, and I'm walking around. I was like, can someone please explain this to me? This is a weird inside joke and it's not funny to me. So I can't even, I'm not even insulted. I'm just confused. And the guys go, your Facebook page. I don't have a Facebook page. And they're like, oh, yes, you do. Isn't this you? And I look at it and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Called my brother up my first week on the job in, in Washington, D.C. And I'm like, dude. Are you serious? And he's like, man, I don't remember that thing. I got to go figure out if I have to log in for it. Yeah. So, you know, that would be kind of fun. If you had the, a legend The internet's page. forever, yeah. It is forever. <laughs> so they're linking you in this. Sorry, I, I, like I said, yeah, chasing cats. Yeah, so, so, for, so just to recap, so for me, that was, that was hilarious. That's, that's how that hilarious goes story. though, right? Yeah. That's the other thing because they're going to go back all the way to your first post back maybe when you were in college 10 yeah. years ago when you link your personal profile yeah. and they're going to see your brother calling you the legend and uploading pictures of you that are photoshopped when it wasn't as serious when we didn't know that it was going to be part of your job applications because yeah. people are now getting their inter, you know their social media researched yep people are making hiring decisions based on what you did 10 years ago on a Facebook account when you were in high school yeah for sure I mean that's definitely happening. Yeah, so they, they so for me to continue working there, that was probably in, in twenty early twenty nineteen. I we had to link our personal Facebook account. So this is fifteen hundred people working for a third party contractor. Right. We're doing the content moderation for Facebook and we have to we have to log in on our personal Facebook account. So I did. Um and if they were smart, they would have, you know, caught me to that you know, I wasn't I wasn't filming at that point, but you know, it's funny because they you know, whistleblowers like us, you know, they there's a certain type like Religious people tend to be whistleblowers. That's true. I and, think there's three buckets. Tell me if okay. you can think of three categories of whistleblowers just off the top of your head. Maybe we can um, kind of uh, put this together. Reli well, religious and then the ones that so are So those just, are ideological based. They, they find a personal offense in the thing that they're being asked to do. So they have a moral yeah. problem. They're being asked to do something they think is either illegal, immoral, or unethical, and they come forward. Right? That's, the, that's a religious bucket, right, I think. Right, right. And that's where you were. That's that's where I was, yeah. There's another bucket that everyone always gets misconstrued with. I know Steve Friend has been called this thing. I know I have been called that. I imagine they probably said the same thing about you. A malcontent, somebody who was a disgruntled employee. Mm. They're like, you're not a legit whistleblower because you were just having a bad time at your job. Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I was having a bad time at my job because they asked me to do something that was morally that was morally um, you know uh, reprehensible, yeah. and I didn't want to participate in that. And that makes you have a bad time at your job. Yeah. So I think those are two distinct buckets. There are some people that are just, and then the third is like they're a really bad employee, mm -hmm. and they've done something that was sort of uh, they're incapable of doing the job, and then they have to defend themselves. So they make an EEO complaint or they make yeah. a, a whistleblowing complaint, trying to save their own skin mm -hmm. because they know they're on the chopping block from doing their job poorly. Those seem to be the three buckets. So religious, malcontent, and saving their own skin. That seems to be. Is that kind of make sense that, to you? That, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, it's, we all get smeared yeah. one way or another. 
But as an organization, if you know that those are the types of ideologies, aren't you going to like, you're going to, you want to look at the risk. That's a risk. Whistleblowing is a risk for the company. Yes. Because you want, don't want people like it. Look at Uber. That one, um, that one lady who, uh, that law lawsuit against Uber for sexual harassment. Um, she was very religious, grew up very religious, religious. Yep. So people with that background, you know, employers are going to look at that. So when, um, so that was kind of my, my background and, and, uh, I did get passed over for a few promotions, but I really don't think that played much of a role in like, I don't know, like that didn't motivate you to go forward with it. No, I was just like, I I started noticing the few few examples. I'm like, okay, why are they, why are they making exceptions? Newsworthy exceptions. So that, that's the big phrase that they would use newsworthy exception. Like, Hey, Don Lemon called white, white males a terror threat. Yes. We know that that violates our hate speech policy. Yes. Don Lemon broke our rules. We know that. We are making a newsworthy exception to allow that. So they were politically motivated to allow certain content, and it, it sounds like it favored the left because that's where Silicon Valley in general leans that route. Yeah. As far as you know, were the lawyers all out of sort of California? Was that kind of a California cultural... I would imagine so. I don't know the, the, the lawyers who wrote the, the policy, the Facebook community guidelines or policies. We called them uh, yeah, the, uh, what are they, implementation standards. Um, <laughs> that sounds very, what's funny is that like, there's so many parallels between large government you know, and large businesses that are in bed with the government, I guess. And maybe that's where, the, I don't know which, where the crossover happened. I don't know if the government's trying to be like the, like the one or if the, uh, if the companies are trying to be like the government, but they end up in the same sort of mealy-mouthed, like, word salads yeah where they don't mean anything they're euphemisms for something else <laughs> it's sort of gross to watch yeah so they're doing these community what are they community yeah community standards community standards you want some more lingo let's see let me pull up my my list you of... had some very funny quotations on there i'm gonna oh, i'm okay. gonna let you off the chain on there folks this may get a little bit colorful because there's some pretty funny stuff that uh okay. that uh, ryan has direct quotes of and if you are at work and you need to put on headphones you should probably do that at this point this would be the the move if you're at home crank up the volume and I'm gonna let them just like read some of the stuff that they had to evaluate. And I think we'll find it all pretty, I mean, it's all comedy, I think. So this is, this is weekly guidance, uh, policy guidance. So this posted in our little, like, imagine you're on Facebook, you know, it's like your group Facebook thing and you're, you post questions there in your group. So someone, this is from guidance from Facebook. And so someone posted to the Cognizant North America team, August 30th, 2019 at 8, 14 PM. Hashtag weekly questions, hashtag policy guidance. (laughs) (laughs) And the question is, number one, how should we treat clear exaggerations of speech that contain claims of sexual activity? I.e., get Trump's dick out of your mouth. (laughs) Oh, get... This is directly this from is the so this is sterilized. Like this is such a this is such a nerdy sort of exploit. It's like how do we handle those stuff? I was like, we we always have this thing in our internal chat. Uh, the the guys that are the, the FBI whistleblower group, we have a thing we call it the Chads for Freedom. Although we've recently just cleaned it up and it's just the suspendables. So guys like me and Steve and there's a couple others that are in there. Garrett O'Boyle mm-hmm. and um, whenever somebody says something that's particularly funny or has a really good you know social media hit like a tweet that you know lands or whatever and it's it's funny mm-hmm. then like somebody else will be like sir they're saying this and then they just like do that like the kind of like nerdy you can imagine <laughs> somebody running into the director's office and banging on sir they're making fun of this again and it's all like i just know that those people are everywhere it doesn't matter if they're in the government it doesn't matter if they're at facebook if they're yeah. twitter or anything else there's always a someone who's banging on the door with the sir this is the thing <laughs> whoever wrote that it's not karen there needs to be a male name for like it's like smithers <laughs> Go ahead. What do you got, Steve? It's it's Neil. 
It's Neil? Neil. Why it's, is it Neil? Because Neil takes a knee. Neil. Neils. Are we going to name it that? I'm, I'm down. Okay. I invented that. We, we could, <laughs> not, we could, not Neo. Neil. N-E-I-L. Yeah, N-E-I-L, which is synonymous with K-N-E-E-L. Yeah. So Neil is the guy that knocks on the door and says, yeah. sir, they're doing this thing and they're making fun of us again. This is what you got. Take Trump's dick out of your mouth yeah. is a big problem. We have... So guys, it's this an is, exaggeration this is of sexual word, activity. How should we treat clear exaggeration? Clear exaggeration of speech that contains <laughs> that's the sleep app sleep deprivation that contains claim of sexual activity, i.e., get Trump's dick out of your mouth. Oh, get off his dick already. Got it. So, so, so the, the guidance. Okay, what's the guidance, guys? Like we come and run across this. This is is this political speech? Are they actually saying? Hey, you are having sex with Trump. You need to take his dick out of your mouth. Like this could be. <laughs> this, we got to. We got to know. This could be a claim of sexual activity. That's so, right. Because if if normally seems unlikely yeah. to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, I mean, we we're not going to talk about Stormy Daniels right now, but we can maybe later. Uh, we sh- so the guidance is we should ignore content that uses clear exaggerations of speech. So ignore it. So because we know it's an exaggeration of speech that, that contains sexual activity. Got it. We need explicit context. The poster is using the phrase as an exaggeration, not an actual sexual claim. Got it. Okay. If context is not available, it should be enforced accordingly. This applies to all individuals, not just public figures. Um, nice. Okay. So, so that's, yeah. that seems like a reasonable side of guidance. Yeah. But it's also funny that somebody is, that Neil is concerned about that. Yeah. Neil, Neil up at corporate, at Facebook corporate, you know, was really concerned and, we were coming across this a lot. You know, do we do we delete this because uh, you know the, we, if you're t- if you're talking about using that phrase, I mean you're clearly you're talking you're talking about a Trump supporter. Like if you're saying get Trump somebody, out of your mouth, somebody who likes Trump. Right, you are making fun of somebody yeah. who likes Trump. Yeah, that's so, you saying stop saying this favorited speech towards somebody because they're obviously on the other side. Yeah, so can we justify a way to delete content from Trump supporters? That's what they were basically asking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we I'm tracking. So that's 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 that policy. There's some more there. Let's see here. Um, there's more about. Take your the, time. You can look through these things. We got we got. Uh, you know, there's no rush. So one of the fun things that I think people are going to be curious about is, did this, you know, did were there any examples where they were trying to be fair? I think that we you know, we we saw some of that in the Twitter files where they yeah. were looking at stuff on the left as well and going, you know, this is also inappropriate. But I'd be curious if they were more towards one side or the other. Was it all? I mean, was it 90, 90, 10? Was it, was it 50, 50? Probably not. Was it, you know, 100% in, in one category where they were literally letting everything else go? Are they going to say the name Steve Friend, but you can't say uh, Eric Saramella? Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. So, because I get that question more about like, oh, the, the moderators themselves, my, my coworkers. Yep. Because my coworkers weren't all, weren't all leftists. We were here in, we were in Phoenix, Arizona. We weren't in Silicon Valley. So There's we, some people that own guns in, in Arizona, America. Yeah, yeah just, a few, just a few. Just a few. There's some shooters. Yeah, there's some shooters. Yeah. One, one of... Uh, people, you, you're not going to realize this, but uh, when, when Ryan came up, we've probably been talking for 15 minutes before we sat down to do this. He's like, so are you caring? And I was like, yeah, dude, of course I am. I had to give my weapon over to Steve so I didn't look ridiculous sitting down like this. So Steve's keeping an eye on us. He's got Overwatch for, this, uh, for the show. But, yep. uh, but yeah, that's, that's a, a normal conversation, particularly in Arizona. Most of Arizona, regardless of what the elections say, yeah. seems to be pretty red. Yeah. So you've got coworkers that probably felt similar to you. They may not have been willing to take a, an activism stance. 
Yeah, I'm trying how, to think how did of that, did, did you guys have like lunchroom conversations that were going on? Like, what, what are they doing? Are we are we tilting the speech? Was it was any of that discussed? So so honestly, I think it was like subtle enough where I think most people didn't realize it. I think because I my background, I'm, I I grew up just like following politics a lot. So I kind of noticed things that maybe wasn't obvious to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't like we were in queues. Oh, you're not, you're in the politics queue all day. No, like it was a mixed queue. Like I was saying, like, so you, it's hentai, hentai it's and Donald Trump's <laughs> dick is in your mouth. It's what do we do about this meme that has uh, like a goat and it's implying some sort of, you yeah. know, some sort of thing about Arabs or something. I don't know. Like it's just a whole, just a smorgasbord of stuff coming at you. Yeah. And I think, I think they tried to be now, I think they try to be, fair as much as they could like as far as our metrics are concerned like they did like we had qa we had to be really on point we can i can just randomly delete stuff and get away with it yep so that was good and that was more of on the metric side with with cognizant the company i worked for were they incentivized for you to get more censorship if you censored more things was that it's like it's like ryan's really killing it he's evaluated a thousand <laughs> memes and you know he's got a 68 percent delete rate is that a thing that they would look at like how do they how do they measure you so no the, we didn't get incentivized for more deletions and actually the print the guiding principle to their credit the guiding principle was like we need a justification to delete stuff so okay. err on the side of okay we want to keep more than we delete okay um and so yeah, like we, we got paid by how many jobs we like they gave us they dumped like you know ten thousand jobs in our queue and we had to go through them and got it and so that's how we got paid. Um, so the the one, yeah, so most of it was pretty subtle, but like some of the stuff was just kind of blatant. Like, okay, and this is one of my favorite ones. So Greta Thunberg, how the climate dare activist, you. how dare you? And that was their, <laughs> that that was I was working there when that happened. And, uh, and she's so the best. First of all, when you have a 14 year old who's borderline autistic telling world leaders about how to do policy, what's better than that? Like who doesn't want a young yeah. teenage chick who doesn't take social cues telling him how to do things? Who's outraged. She's permanently outraged. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta credit the, the PR people. Her PR people were great. To oh get yeah. Her, she, yeah. I mean, adults are handling her. Didn't she take a boat across the ocean at some point? Wasn't that her big thing? Yeah. And there's like what a, a photo thing for her, like that sounds fun. eating a sandwich and like, <laughs> what's that? It was it a yacht? It was a big one. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds nice. She didn't solo sail it then. Was that the I claim? think that actually there was a claim that members of her staff or somebody else got flew over <laughs> to meet her. It's it's like Bear Grylls when he was doing the uh, when he was doing what was it? Uh, what was the name of that show? Man versus Wild. Is that what it's called? Yeah. What was I Bear Grylls' right. show Man called? Versus, yeah, that sounds about right. Why can't I not? Post in the comments below. Yeah, if clearly. You know the name of <laughs> Ryan knows how this works. When you don't know, you refer to the live chat. Uh, what? What? I think it was. It was whatever Bear Girl's story was. But they always used to joke that he would set up the thing and he'd be like, "It's really dark right now, and so I'm setting up this lean-to, and I've got this going on right here." Nah, 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 nah. And then he would set it up, and then they would cut the film, and he'd have like the you know the night vision camera. Then he'd go sleep in a Marriott or something. Yeah. Like that was the yeah. ongoing claim, and that probably did happen. But to be fair, Bear Girls is a super stud. And he was also in the SAS. Greta Thunberg, not so much. Greta Thunberg no. was a child. Uh, She's trying to do like a revival now. There's some like try, some like attempt to revive you. her. I how wish I had the sound bite. I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the stand panel next time. So you know what I'm gonna do? Because this is what we saw at Facebook. We saw that picture where, you know, Trump is walking into the union. Uh, what is the union? Uh, the UN. Okay. And then they had to like push Greta away for like security or something like that. And you see Greta just kind of in the corner, like glaring. I want to like, I want to blow that up and like put it on my wall. I just love that imagery. It's a great image. And so we we were seeing people at Facebook saying, you know, attacking Greta Thunberg, calling her retarded. 
Oops. Retarded. Yeah, uh, I'm tracking. <laughs> um, knee slapper. So it's that's medium clever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for as far as trolling, I'll give that like a six point five, maybe. Right. Troll level six point five. Um, so we're like, okay, like, so are, we have, of course, we have the lawyers already decided there's a policy for how we treat minor public figures. Okay. So if you're if you're like involunt like voluntarily famous, it's a little bit different than voluntary fame. And she was voluntarily famous. She was voluntarily famous. Yeah. She went looking for that um, attention. If you count her handlers, well, we don't we won't go into that. But yeah, I'm not saying she wasn't exploited by any means. I'm I'm confident she was exploited. I don't think she understands how it works. Now she does. Yeah, she's got to. So like the bullying policy. So like if you were you know talking about Justin Bieber when he was a teenager or someone either minor, you know who JoJo Siwa is? No. Okay, and then we won't. She's like a dancer who was on like Dance Moms or Dancing Moms or whatever. Okay. So like okay, you. I'm I'm okay with not knowing it and people talking about things. I I regularly have no idea what people are talking about when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So she's. I mean, she's famous. She sells like merch and. But she wanted teenagers. to be voluntarily famous. Yeah, voluntarily famous. So, okay. so these people are public figures; they're minors. So, uh, you can attack a minor and call them stupid. So, claims of character like stupid that like if you're talking about a private individual like someone's daughter, random girl, no, you can't do that. But the only thing you can't talk about a minor public figure if you're about is like claims of sexual activity. So you t- can't talk sexually about a minor public figure. This is so much. This is so many rules. Yeah. The, the other thing is, is that the. I don't know if that's a I don't know if it's an indictment of the company having to create these rules or that human beings are just in I mean my yeah. o- online experience is that there's a lot of vitriol and bile. There's a lot of really awful people, which is why the other day I made a recommendation. I was like I got I got badly ratioed. I uh what what the heck was I even talking about? It's, it's, it was so unimportant to me. I don't even know. It got over 2 million views. Yeah. That's a lot. Oh, it was that one me. guy. I think I saw the tweet about. Yeah. yeah. But it was about white supremacy not being the okay. threat that people keep acting like it is, which I will stand by my statement, and that continues to be not the case. It let's is go, not. Let's get into that a little more because we'll I'll clarify some things. So, so long but. and short of it is I make the claim white supremacy is not the threat based yeah. on my professional experience of investigating white supremacy for a number of years, which is take it or leave it. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to believe me. I'm just telling you I have some credentials in that field. Yeah. Having looked at it. I went looking for actual white supremacists. They're hard to find. They're not, and, and what the bureau calls or what federal law enforcement would refer to as white supremacy, not really there. Yeah. Two and a half million people were very upset about my position on that. And, um, and then I went out and went to a thrift store and hung out with my wife and I, you know, threw my kids around and we went yep. to church and we had dinner and we had some burgers and then I came back and I was fine. And that's, that's the right answer to yeah. most of this stuff, that this stuff is not real. Yeah. It's but so there's a ton from of bile. There's so much hatred yeah. that that's why you have to actually do this stuff, I guess, if you're trying to curate a family-friendly yeah. platform, which Facebook didn't used to be that. Do you remember what Facebook was started as? You like remember the original Facebook? Friends in high school? Or I, you used I, to have I joined to have, in like 2006, I think. Just, well, that's right when I was getting off. So yeah. initially, and I don't know if it was in 2000 or, or when it started much earlier than that, but essentially... There used to be a thing called the Facebook that you would get in certain schools. It was like a hit list, I guess, for like dudes in college frats. That I think it used to be to connect them, and then it became like a dating possibilities thing. But it was just the pictures of the freshman class, their faces. The Facebook was a thing you would get from school. Mm-hmm. These are the new people in our college. And when you had the Facebook, you could look through and see, oh, you know, like she's cute or like that's a good looking guy. I want to meet him or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's how people ended up using it. And so it was just an introduction to college classes. The freshman class would have the Facebook, and then everyone would know who it was. Okay. That became a digital thing. And you used to have a .edu email address when I first joined. 
and you had to actually be part of the school and then you could connect school networks and people started connecting to their high school friends or they'd still stay in touch with their high school friends. So you yeah. got this, all the lines drawn between the different colleges. And at some point they let high school students on, yeah, which was probably when it became insane. <laughs> and then everybody was on this thing, which is when I wanted to not be on it because I hate doing what everyone's <laughs> doing. I'm a contrarian like that. Yeah. But, but that was the original idea was that they were connecting all these people. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody could have fathomed that it was going to become the thing that it did. Maybe they could have. Maybe they were prophetic. Yeah, like that. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, I, I don't know. There's those theories about oh, the government planned the whole thing. I mean, and like there's a lot of that. I, I'm not going to go into detail on that, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the, just to finish up real quick, the the thought on Greta Thunberg. Please, because, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know we. But uh, I'm glad you have that in your head to come back to it because I would have completely moved on. How dare you? How dare? How dare you? <laughs> so Greta Thunberg. Okay, so she's getting attacked, right? So she's yeah. just confronted Trump at the, at the UN. Okay. And she's getting attacked. So she's being called retarded, retarded, which I could call the minor Justin Bieber retarded. I can call any other minor. Think name one. Mm-hmm. Call them retarded because I'm not making a claim about their sexual activity. But Facebook, in their ultimate wisdom, decided to make a newsworthy exception to dis, you know, prohibit attacks against. They basically banned the phrase "retarded," "retarded," and they said, "Interesting." Hey, and they, 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 for an entire week, but it's they kind of the all, opposite of a newsworthy exception, isn't it? It's it's not really new. It's like it's newsworthy because you know they're saying. I guess their justification is, "Oh, she's in the news now, being attacked," and. We're making an exception to our own rules because why? Because she's because she's Greta. I don't know. Like because she has a favorable political cause. Essentially, was what yeah. you're seeing. But the, but the justification behind it's got to be really bizarre. Because I could see you saying, like she's not going to see those. She's not going to see those comments. Yeah, I guess the words "newsworthy exception" don't mean uh, what we want them to mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a newsworthy yeah. exception would be like normally we don't say the names of these things, but we're going to in this case because it's we wouldn't normally say the name of a minor, but this minor was involved in a mass shooting, and we want to name and shame that person, so we're going to do that. Yeah. But usually people tend to go the opposite way with that, like Daily Wire does. Yeah. They'll say, you know, the, we don't name these people because we don't want to give them, you know, anything famous. Normally, mm-hmm. we would tell you if somebody was involved in a crime, but we don't name mass shooters. That's the newsworthy exception in the opposite, I guess. Anyway, it's just, yeah. it's just interesting. It's just. It's just double speak. It's classic leftism. Yeah. So if like for an entire week, like we most of my jobs I got in the queue, they 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 did a proactive poll and they dropped. They just basically looked for that hashtag. Yep. And they fed it into our queue. So, so for an entire week, we all we deleted was like people attacking Greta Thunberg. Weird. So isn't that crazy how they can control, they can prioritize what we delete? What and what they were dumping into the queues. Yeah. So they had AI that was obviously in the background searching through this. I'm guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was so, that was that news to you? Did you not realize that there was a, another layer of censorship that was happening? Um, so we kind of knew that the computer, we knew that we were training the AI. So we were training the AI with something called continuous enforcement. Okay. So if you're on Facebook and you, you want to be family friendly, you don't want to see like, hey, maybe I don't want to see like bikini pics or something like that or cleavage or whatever. So we, <laughs> the Disavow. crazy thing is we would, <laughs> we would have to, in addition to marking it, deleting or keeping it, we would mark stuff if we saw someone in a bikini or showing cleavage or showing bulge or an erection, we would delete that. Wonderful. So, so we had to Thank like, you for being very medical about that. <laughs> That's I wouldn't have necessarily put those two together, but that is, I guess, the male version of that. <laughs> yeah. And we, it was it was it was so weird. Like imagine a lawyer like defining to you what cleavage is. Like this is just weird. Yeah. Anyways, just was and, it like a depth discussion of like how Yeah, there's like it's like okay, there's was there shadowing? What, the one side or that side is there it was just odd. So the cool thing about this whole job was like the culture. 
Okay, so you're working there, you're there with people in their early 20s out yep. of high school, and you're sitting there talking about like the w- weirdest things in the world while you have to look at child porn occasionally, <laughs> which is horrible. But but like you you develop a certain bond. I'm sure you sure. do with your people, and your friends in the FBI. Yeah. When you're dealing with this stuff that's tra- traumatizing, mm-hmm. I mean, we we had to see we saw live suicides. We saw the, the imagery on Instagram where they're slitting their wrists. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to delete and send them you know information uh, like a hotline number. So so you're reporting some things to law enforcement. I yeah, and we okay. were sending CEI to law enforcement. We were reporting you know white supremacist groups, dangerous individuals, terrorist organizations. Okay. So the policy for let me go into what we were talking about before. Yeah. I, so at, um, at least some of this stuff has some background where it could benefit humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I think other than training the AI good. to kill us all, which it sounds like you guys were also doing. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so white supremacy specifically, it's hot button topic right now. There's people talking about it all last week because yeah. Biden was saying it's the big problem. What's Facebook's take on it, you know, during your time there? What, what, what was the evolving position looking like? Yeah, so I was at Facebook when we had the Christchurch shooting oh, yeah. in, uh, in New Zealand. So that Didn't was he huge. post his manifesto on Facebook? Wasn't that where that went? I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he posted his manifesto, and then he, uh, yeah, he basically, yeah, so, that, so we saw those attacks. And, like, he, here's the thing. So dangerous individuals and organizations, that policy, dangerous orgs, we, we just— we call it dangerous orgs. Yep. So included like mass shootings. So yep. we would cl- clarify, classify mass shootings. Um, and then we would also classify hate groups. Yep. So we had a list. We literally had a list of like a PDF. We, I'm like, hey, is this person in this in a white supremacist? Or is this person on a terrorist organization? We'd pull the list from the uh, Department of State and we'd look, okay, is that, does that symbol look like Al-Qaeda? I don't know. Is it, oh, it's upside down. Okay, so it's not Al-Qaeda. Okay, we're good. Okay. So, <laughs> so, you, so you're literally trying to compare against some government databases with yeah. some that Facebook must have compiled because there's not a list of white supremacists that I'm aware of. Right, so they made their own lists. But the FBI yeah. is really good about putting out symbols guides. Yeah. Did you ever get one of those? So we had symbols guides. So maybe they used some stuff from the FBI. I'm, I'm not sure if they... They're they probably, unclassified. That's the other thing. A yeah. lot of those were meant for law enforcement engagement, but I've never... I mean, obviously, you weren't doing a law enforcement job, but it was right. adjacent in some yeah, ways. Yeah, and then they probably got some of it from a Southern Poverty Law. Oh, good. Yeah. They're, they're very <laughs> reputable. Everyone knows. So, uh, Love those guys. Yeah, they, they hate the great. Catholic Church, too. So, That's, They hate churches. Do, do they really? Yeah, no, they okay. hate all churches. <laughs> I'm pretty how, sure they hate how God. Da- how dare them? How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> they hate God. Uh, so. They want government to be God. So, yeah, so we had those, those lists. So I looked through, like, okay. And then at one point while I was there... They're like, you know what, these, these, the white, I'm trying to remember the terminology, but basically they, they prioritized, like there were, you know, there's obviously extremist groups of different races, sure, but they prioritize white supremacy over other groups. Of course. And the, the funniest thing too, is I don't know, I don't want to put this in my documentary when it comes out for behind the mask of Facebook, my book, um, is like, <laughs> where can people get it? Just before yeah. I forget to tag it, we'll, we'll tag it again. But. Yeah. So behind the mask of Facebook, um, it's on Amazon. And it's with my co-author Kent Heckenlively, who's written uh, with uh, Judy Mikovits and and well-published author. Spell um, your last name so people can so find my, it. My last name is Hartwig. H A R T W I G. It's only one so, I, not the two. Like what's that? What other woman one? is that? There's somebody that has two eyes in Hartwig. Uh, Every I'm time not, I see your name, I think really? there should be another I, I in there. Yeah, I'll have to well, look it up. So it's H yeah, it's H A R T W I G. So it's, and it's not heart. It's like I have a heart, but not a wig. But it's not the H A R T W I G on Amazon behind the mask of Facebook. Yep. All right. So you're going to do, you're going to, and you've got a bunch of footage that did not get released by Veritas. Yeah. So Veritas is kind of its own animal with very short 
hot hits. Yeah, I mean, how do you condense nine months? So I, I filmed with the hidden camera for nine months. So how do you condense nine months of footage into like a 10-minute? Was this your, they gave you the cameras, or was this your camera? They supplied me, yeah, they supplied me with the camera. Okay, yeah. good deal. So they're just like, hey, go f- film and then uh, knock yourself out yeah knock yourself out so i would i would i would film and i'd go home at night and i'd transcribe yep what i filmed and so it's a lot of work it is, a, it is. people have no idea what, what yeah. kind of work that some of these people that have been exposing things particularly on a corporate level um what that looks like that's yeah. that's i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that you were sitting that's there doing hand transcriptions of all this stuff or writing it all up yep that's totally wild and you're doing it for nine months. Yep. And how did you know when you were done or did they find you? So because I, I actually like I remember like here's the funny thing. So, folks, the reason why I wanted Ryan to come on is his story was released right in the middle of the covid shutdowns. And everybody got lost in the hysteria of what was happening in this country for lockdowns. And, uh, you know, government censorship was considered OK. We all knew it was wrong. People were like yelling about other things. This was all happening in real time. And then a bunch of news stories got lost, including people like Aaron Stevenson, who you and I both know and I've had on our show before. Their stories disappeared, even though in many ways they were really, really wild things happening. Yeah, They were just happening in a time when <clears throat> something so wild was happening that we've never done it before. They shut down our economy. Yeah. And so you're, I think in some ways your story got lost in the noise. Yeah. Yeah, a little the bit. The signal got a little bit distorted. Yeah. So like like I went, so I filmed uh, pretty precisely like fall of 2019 yep. into early February 2020. And so um, the, the crazy thing is my, my uh, the contract ended. So I would have kept on filming, but the, the co- contract ended, Congress ended the contract prematurely. Got it. So we all got laid off in February of 2020, right before COVID. And then um, I filmed my interview with, with uh, Project Veritas. I flew out in New York right after that in March of 2020. And so obviously with the timing of it, we didn't release it then. We released it in June. Right. But yeah, how do you, you have all this footage and you're like, okay, what do you, you know, how do you, what do you do with all of it? But yeah, you no, said, it's, how, it's how many work. hours of footage do you think you have? I mean, so I, th- I would say for, so three or four months, I st- filmed almost daily, but not like the entire day. Right. Sometimes. So I probably have at least an extra like three. 20 to 30 hours of footage. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. And you might, yeah, yeah, that's intense. So you got to watch all that. You got to break it down. You got to break it down into the 10 seconds or 20 seconds of things that are valuable to, to hit into a documentary. Yeah. So that's, that's pending though. People can see some of the stuff behind the mask, Mm -hmm. which I think will be eye opening. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then they can also obviously see the the story you released with Veritas. Yeah. They can go fund this. Are those still on YouTube or they get censored? They're still on YouTube. So it's called another, another Facebook insider is the title of the video with uh, project Veritas. And of course it got stifled by YouTube when it went out. Of course. And that was before telegram before, you know, project Veritas was on telegram. And so I, I did, I've done like over probably 200 interviews since then in the last three years. A lot of which were Spanish language. Spanish language, did a lot in um, um, South America, Brazil actually, mm-hmm. a lot in, in Portuguese. I speak some Portuguese. And I've done some of the... Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Humble brag. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, I'm, I'm trilingual. <laughs> <laughs> some people know this. You may not know me, but I'm kind of a big deal. That's right. Exactly correct. <laughs> and you had your Facebook account seized because of all this stuff too. So your sensor, your, your, your well, out. Yeah. My Instagram on... got deleted at 4k. My Twitter is still gone. Yeah. So you, you were basically doing a whistleblower activity about censorship and then became the victim <laughs> of censorship. There's yeah. some irony in that, yeah. but they probably don't appreciate. 
I mean, the funny thing is, like, Facebook didn't respond publicly to the story because they probably knew, like, if they responded to just make it a bigger story. Yes. Um, they but, don't want to give any air to these stories. Right. And I mean, you think about scandals with Facebook. Okay, everyone knows about Cambridge Analytica, right? Yes. Right, Steve? I mean, okay, what, what was that? Okay, yeah, people doing, what was the big scandal? I mean, people were, yeah, Facebook's always been selling your data. And it was used by a political party to yep get, targeted marketing. That's yeah, what they do. Marketing. That's literally their business model, unless I understand it differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the scope of this, I mean, now people say, okay, Ryan, you just gave a few examples. Like that's not a lot. I'm like, okay, think of the scale. All right, 1,500 moderators here. Uh, there's probably what 20 to 30,000 moderators across the U.S. who are moderating content. Multiple sites. Multiple sites. Each of those individuals who's moderating is deleting about 200 pieces of content a day. So times, times 20,000 or yeah, 30,000? 200 times. Let's just say 200 times 20,000. Wow. Um, that's what, four million, 40 million, 4 million? I don't know the math, but that, that's a lot of pieces of content. And if, and if let's say 20% of that is political content, then what are you doing? You're influencing elections and worldwide. And so I talk about, in my, in the, that in my, about, I talk about that in my book um, about how Facebook is influencing elections globally. And you, other whistleblowers have come forward. Sophie Zhang was a software engineer, data scientist for Facebook. And she's like, hey, dictators in South America are using bots on Facebook to influence public opinion. This is the care? real, this is, so it, it's, it goes from innocuous things like, you know, get the D out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about Donald Trump. And should we be talking about this or not? Is this sexually explicit? To despots and tyrants saying, I'm going to be able to use this, this tool and I'm going to use it to influence the elections in my space because it can be micro-targeted to my country, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, and one of the reasons why you and I are sitting in the same room right now is because we're all part of this program, this prog uh, what do you call it, project that's going, talking about the, the, the sort of pending police state in the United States and yeah. whether we are teetering on the brink of it or whether we've already fallen over the edge. And the way that the police state, we, we had this conversation over dinner last night, I'll preview you to it right now. Mm-hmm. Things like the FBI, things like Facebook censorship, those are all weapons. And weapons are not inherently evil. Yeah. Right? Or they are tools, even more accurately. Yeah. But a tool becomes very evil when you take a chainsaw that you could use to take down a tree and clear a road. That would be right. good. Yeah. Or you could take a chainsaw into a middle school and start hacking people to death. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to use the tool in a way that is dangerous, destructive, antisocial, etc., then that's the real scary part. And that's what you, you guys were helping train these, these AI and now it's being turned against as an actual weapon for politicization in the same way we see our federal government going. Right. No, exactly. And in, in the context of, you know, Soviet style censorship, you think about the, uh, the that's so many Bolshevik posts. revolution and you think about Lenin and uh, destroying the, the, the political party, op opposing political party and you're using, you know, basically it's one of Lenin's big things was mass public uh, education. And so, like, how do you, dude, man, and Lenin would love this. Lenin would love Facebook because. I think all the tyrants would love it. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it wasn't available to them to be able to reach directly into people's, you know, eyeball. It's right mm -hmm. in front of your eyes. Yeah. And it's the things that you are, you think you're finding them on your own. That's what's really wild. You're yep. curating it, but it's already been curated for you. And that's why, yep. it, that's almost like Inception. Yeah. And, you know, the movies talk about how you have an idea. They got to plant an idea. If you haven't seen Inception, go see it. It's actually really good. Um, <laughs> but if you haven't seen the movie Inception, the concept being that, that you believe something that someone else gave you an idea to believe. And so mm -hmm. they have to seed it. That's what mm -hmm. Inception is. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. They, they are, yeah. they're actually doing Inception.
Yeah, they're planting those ideas. And, and uh, there's, uh, you know, Dr. Robert Epstein is a, a researcher and he's worked close to, close, closely with Zach Voorhees, the Google um, whistleblower. And I've, I've talked to Dr. Epstein and Dr. Epstein is a leftist. Like he's a classic liberal. So many of these people. And yeah, I don't even know if he's a leftist then. That makes him kind of, well, yeah, he's I'd, on I'd the say, left yeah, though, right? He's, he's, he's yeah. left. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely not a Republican. And he's, he's exposed how Google does these ephemeral searches. So like it doesn't leave an imprint. So if you search something and it suggests it, then it, it you know leaves the imprint on. It suggests something to you and plants that seed, but there's no trace of that ever happening. Like there's no, they don't document it. It's not documented anywhere. Okay, it's so called ephemeral. Ephemeral, yeah, ephemeral searches. Okay, and um, it leaves a impression without ever a mark of of it. Yeah, so he's been able there. to in no real time research, have his researchers track those, um, and see how they're influencing elections. So, so yeah, and this is it. Really, is like out of a movie, like where it's just like this insane technology that's being used, just like all the despots and tyrant, you know, dictators use. Um, but it's so much more sophisticated than just leafleting people or putting up banners everywhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. you, like you say, this is the wet dream of those who imposed the tyrannical regimes of the 20th century. Yep. It's 21st second, 21st century technology doing it. And we're not hip to it yet in the yeah. same way that people weren't hip to like, you know, a false story in the New York times. That was a you know puff piece on behalf of a government. Now, if you put out a New York Times puff piece or you try to take out a hit on Steve Fred and say that his character is garbage, people go like, "It's the New York Times. They're trash. You can't believe anything that the that they write." Yeah, people still trust things that are online. They do as and, long as it yeah. agrees with their basic sentiment, I guess. Because we yeah. kind of, I mean, and that's the thing about like echo chambers too, like online, and that's what what uh, one of my super my supervisor at work at Facebook was like, "Yeah, we, we try to like isolate people into like separate." kind of well i guess essentially echo chambers right which, silos silos mm -hmm. which is not really a good thing necessarily um but it may reduce like kind of the tension between groups but you're getting you're talking about they're trying to make political echo chambers for people at work well i i guess the, as far as the echo chambers go i i, I wouldn't say i would yeah the the, the information the, the evidence i have that is not very substantive so i won't really go into that much but um, the, the, I like the, being fair. The fact that they discussed it, they mentioned like that my supervisor brought it up. It was kind of interesting that they would, the face would even think about that. Like, why, why do you even care if where people are interacting with people? Like just, it's a free, it should be a free for all. If you like what someone says, ban, block that person. That's I fine. agree. Um, so that's kind of where we are. But yeah, a hundred years ago and in, in, in Russia, you know, the opposition would, you know, to, to humiliate someone, they'd take them to trial and, and, take that whole political party to trial to destroy that brand. So now Facebook is being used by the government to destroy the brand of what is our brand? People who believe in the, I don't know, people I, who believe. I tend to believe it's people. Yeah. People who believe that there is in fact a God. I think that's the biggest danger yeah. to the leftist movement. That's they're going after their political opponents, which is the further on the right. Mm -hmm. That's people who believe that there's a capital G in God and they want to replace it with a capital G in government. Yeah. Does that sit? I think that's right. I think that's right. I think they're trying to destroy that brand, and uh, anything they can do to destroy that brand, they'll you know they're using these tools, they're weaponizing them, uh, and so and we're learning everything new, new things every week about how the FBI, you know, weaponized it. And I don't, I don't, I think it's people are like, oh, it's the FBI doing. It. Yeah, the FBI is involved, and and the government is corrupt, and the courts are not trying to fix Section Two Thirty. Uh, I work with Jason Fick with the Social Media Freedom Foundation. And I'll have him on at some point too. Yep. And uh, you know he he went to 
he's been trying to go to court for a while. He sued Facebook because they took down his page with no reason for no reason. Now he's suing the government itself. Because if you look at like why this is all happening, like the government, the the laws have been misinterpreted. Yes. The Section 230 protections were misinterpreted, giving Facebook more protection than they should. And Justin Kavanaugh, in a similar type ruling just a few months ago, basically said, uh, we don't want to disrupt the status quo. Yeah. Like, okay, what's your job then? You're supposed to interpret the law and fix it. I don't Right. I there don't is no status the... quo. It's either right or it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. We all have, and that's the conservative position, essentially, that there is a right and a wrong. And that may be the difference, is that a leftist position is this sort of like, like operational morality. Yeah. Like it's okay only because it's been going on and things are not in chaos, but that doesn't make it right. Uh, right. I think that's why they were so reticent to go after things like Roe. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to even take on the case because it would have disrupted the status quo. Yeah. Just because it was happening doesn't mean it was okay. It doesn't mean it was good. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I, I talked to Jason Fick the other day on a Twitter space. And, oh, cool. And he, uh, and he texts me every once in a while. He's a wild dude to talk to. Like, you have to rein yeah. him in. He knows so much yeah. about 230. But um, I guess his case failed to, to be picked up by the, the writ of centurari to, to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And then because of the actions taken, he has new cases that are being filed. (laughs) The dude is a warrior in this space, like in the lawfare space. He just does not give up. So God bless the pit bulls that are out there. Yeah. There's so many fights, folks. I think this is one of the things that we can all walk away with. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook. It doesn't matter if it's the FBI. It doesn't matter if it's Google. It doesn't matter if it's the rest of the federal government, uh, the failure of our court system. Pick one fight that you're good at, that you are passionate about. And you you have one thing that you're, you're kind of honed in on. Yep. And that's all we have bandwidth as human beings. We don't have AI-like capabilities. So you can only do, if you, if you spread your, your attention so broadly, you'll basically do nothing. And I think, yeah. that's what, I think that's what they want. They being people that want the status quo, they want you to be outraged about everything and do something about nothing. Yeah. Right? If you spend all your time knowing all the little bits that you could be outraged about, you'll be unsuccessful at doing anything about the one thing that you might be able to do something. Yeah, you gotta pick your battles and let's, Let's be honest, like what's, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, I sometimes I'm a little bit pessimistic because there's so much to do. That's right. Um, and I don't know, are we at the point where <laughs> we got to keep fighting no matter what, but yeah, be smart and strategic about what your battles are and, you know, raise your family, um, raise, you know, have, a, have, have religious beliefs. That, and that, then... that is the victory, honest to God. We outbreed <laughs> them, number one. <laughs> Them being whoever doesn't believe the way you do and, and thinks this country is, you know, trash and needs to be reformed dramatically. Yeah. Because this was a pretty good place to grow up for me. Yeah. I, I'm guessing you experienced the same thing in Arizona. Yeah. You know, 30 years ago, it was a good spot to be, too. It's good. Yeah, it was a good spot to be. And I think, uh, yeah, just ask, um, yeah, just just go to England. And you know, the, 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 the over the uh, breeding and my migration does work, so. It does. Yeah, they can overrun us. Um, and Arizona is actually one of the places where you're probably seeing some of that stuff. So that's kind of. Yeah. And, and I think uh, overall, I think. Just as a last note here, um, because my my book talks about a lot of different things, and we would talk about immigration as well. Um, But uh, you know, I think uh, I'm going kind of going off topic here. But as far as immigration goes, I think I think so. You know, would you rather? I think as far as people immigrating into our country, like from the southern border, most of them tend to be Catholic religious. So that's right. uh, If I'm going to have people invite my country who are Catholic religious or people who are not, yeah. I would rather prefer. <laughs> I don't think it goes the way they think it goes. I think when you keep bringing in people that are other, you know, that are basically Christian and or specifically Catholic, yeah. you're going to get Catholics in this country. There's already a lot of them. Yep. That doesn't go. That doesn't eventually end up in the left, no. particularly with the way that the left is is fighting against the things that are fundamentally important. They used to have sort of an agnostic position about abortion and 
you know, safe, legal, legal and rare and all that nonsense. They've given that up now. It's a sacrament. Yeah. And, and sort of, the, and so now you're basically choosing whether if you're going to be a religious person, you don't have a choice but to vote center right. And yeah. there's only one party in town that's covering that and for all their faults, which are significant. Yeah. That's kind of fun. All right. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you've got some other things you got to go do. He's going to have some time. Folks, you can also see uh, Ryan soon in an out, uh, upcoming documentary of which Steve Friend will also be joining, and I will be part of it as well on a panel discussions covering all the different sort of topics. You can get a smattering of those and how they move towards a police state. I think we're all fighting our own battles within that to try to stop that. And, uh, and we're all going to be a part of it. Tell people where they can follow you on different socials. I know you have a de-boosted Twitter. I will yeah. boost the, uh, your, your tag, and I will uh, so you can find it on my Twitter. But yeah. uh, tell them your, your handles. So my website's just ryanhartwig.org, so my, my name.org, H-A-R-T-W-I-G. Um, I'm primarily on Gab right now. Um, yeah, just real, at real Ryan Hartwig. So that's my primary social media. Twitter is hartwig underscore free. Uh, so, but yeah, check me out, yeah, check me out on, on social media. If you want a copy of my signed book, let me know, shoot me an email, just Ryan Hartwig at protonmail.com. Awesome. Do you think Proton Mail is good? Is it secure? I'd say it's a lot better than Gmail. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd say, I mean. I need to get off Gmail. Yeah. I keep thinking that. I'm too lazy to get off. Probably like all of you are. We all should be ashamed and of ourselves. And use a VPN. Yeah. Is it? That's the way to go. I, I t try to use a VPN. Um, Where do you say you are? Do you try to put it yourself in somewhere else? I do. So I use Surfshark, and it's I like Surfshark. It's like cheap. Um, I usually just put it in where I am most of the time, unless I'm doing, unless I'm trying to be really see, really uh, secret. I want to be in the Netherlands. Hey, just Ryan, well, well, I've got your. I got to ask you a question for a friend. Yeah, here yeah. It comes. Uh, do Do you know uh, what would happen for somebody who's married to an FBI whistleblower and has a Facebook account and sends a private message? to somebody from Moms for Liberty saying, I'm a wife of a FBI whistleblower. Thank you very much. And then 30 minutes later, had her account indefinitely suspended for violating community Ooh. standards. Wow. DM censorship? What wow. do you think? Private so message? So we, we, we know that Facebook slides into your DMs. <laughs> like they, 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 they do slide in their DMs. And, and actually, I met this guy... Um, we're going to get going pretty soon, but we, I met this guy. I met this guy at the Arizona State Fairgrounds who was doing security, mm -hmm. and he he worked for Facebook corporate, like the, with the head honchos, and yeah, and so he knows that there's at the top level, uh, he and other people could go into anybody's DMs for like law, you know, supposedly law enforcement purposes, or not even law enforcement, just I'm, I'm tracking. They, they can go into your DMs. So um, the yeah, that's that's pretty. That's an that's an interesting situation where so you got the wife of an FBI. That guy. So she went into she DM'd. Okay, wow, and then she got her account suspended. Why is that? Why it doesn't surprise that? you though, does no, it? it? No, it doesn't surprise me. So the folks, that you're on. Yeah. On ongoing. This is the ongoing crusade of the Kyle Serafin show. Put your conversations in places where they are encrypted end to end. That's why Proton Mail is your better bet than Gmail. That's why any end-to-end -end encrypted act, I use Signal, generally speaking, but there are others. There are things like Session. There are things like WickerMe, which is owned by Amazon Cloud Services, which makes me think they're probably compromised, but I can't say that they are. If you can protect your data in motion, you should protect your data because otherwise you don't know who else is reading them and you don't know who else is uh, making decisions 
based on what your ability to communicate is going to look like. Yep. And and those are out there, whether you're using plain SMS. Actually, iMessage is supposed to be encrypted. I just know that, that I don't necessarily trust Apple per se. What, WhatsApp is compromised. For Even sure. though it's encrypted, I mean, I think they can read it. That's That's been the and, case uh, for a little bit too. Yeah. So anyway, do do some of your own research. I hate the do your research, but that is important that you guys, you have to be responsible for your own data. I think it's a pretty decent place to stop about it. And one of those things you have to be responsible is your Facebook usage. Greta Thunberg or otherwise. Ryan, <laughs> buddy, thanks for joining me. Uh, we will tag you in this. Uh, I hope we get to see you again soon. If I'm in Mesa, we'll go shoot some guns. That will happen. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Folks, uh, thanks so much for joining us for the Kyle Serafin Show, and we will uh, we'll close this thing out with me and Steve live. You have been listening to the Kyle Serafin Show. We really appreciate you listening all the way through these long interviews that we do on Mondays. Hopefully you get some great value out of them and you can leave us a five-star review on Apple. We're always on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. If you don't find it there, you can uh, let me know and I will actually make sure we get onto your podcast app. Uh, You can also talk to your Amazon-sponsored spyware and just say, Alexa, play The Kyle Serafin Show and we will pop up there. If you do leave one of the five-star reviews on Apple, you can do so uh, with the hopes that you will end up on the show like Andrea from Michigan, who wrote, above the rest, Kyle, parenthetically, and Phil, your podcasts are super interesting and informative, but most importantly, you're making profoundly impactful information available to the public. Now we just need to get the rest of the population to stop with the willful blindness and admit that much of the government really isn't looking out for their best interest. With the utmost respect, a suspendable sister from the behavioral healthcare realm, Andrea Freedom Lover. Thanks, Andrea. Very kind words. We will do our best to continue doing those. Like I said, folks, you can leave a review at the Apple link. It is in the show descriptions. If you watch us on Rumble, you can find it there as well. And uh, we are at 479. We're going to try to punch over the top of 500 by the end of this month. And uh, that means that you've got to go and click on those links and leave us one of those five-star reviews. You can actually review every single episode. So if there's one that really touches your fancy, please do it on those. We are appreciative. We look forward to seeing you live for a uh, long-form live show with Steve Friend. Probably on Wednesday, we're going to go kidnap the uh, the concierge lounge up top uh, at this Marriott and we'll talk to you then. You guys can bring your, your questions. Send them to me on Twitter and on True Social at Kyle Serafin. Follow Steve at Real Steve Friend. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and Truth at Kyle Serafin.